Welcome to the Vineyard Northridge Weekly Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Dennis Kozloff. For more information about our church, visit our website at vineyardnorthridge.org or find us on social media at Vineyard Northridge. Good morning. Oh, good morning, church. Good morning, church. You disrupted me. Now I don't know what to preach. <laughs> okay, we're in the middle of... <laughs> By the way, the, the, the worship is so amazing here. You know, there's so many worshipers of God who crave for something like that and they can't find it anywhere. It's really hard to find a place where angels come and join. And this is the place. And I'm not kidding. This is not a figure of speech. Angels come. At least last five Sundays there were angels here. And today I believe there was an angel of breakthrough. I don't even know what it means. But when you learn to self-abandon in, in, in just giving yourself to this worship of the King Jesus, you put aside all your problems, all your concerns, all your depression, all your offenses. You just throw it off. You shake it off and you give yourself to adore the King Jesus. The angels start coming and doing stuff. And there's an angel of a breakthrough. Some of you need a breakthrough. You will receive it here during the worship. And expect, expect cool things to happen during worship. And those of you who can't really relate to worship yet, you're not there yet, you're like you're a little stiff and you're too self-aware and you're like watching people and you're thinking, this is frenzy. No, you, you will just stay with us. You'll get it. And by the way, even, even I, I, I want to tell some of you who are like that, who can relate to it, you're like stiff and you can't really participate, but you begin to register something's happening to you. Even, even at the level of your body, like some weird heat comes or cold or something, just let it grow on you. Okay, that's all I say about that. <laughs> let me get back to my sermon. I got too excited about, uh, about uh, worshiping here. All right. Thank you, Lord. We're in the middle of this series, uh, Identity, Intimacy, and Destiny. And those things are super important for us, for our church. This is part of our DNA. We, we believe that. The, and they're interconnected. You cannot pick and choose. You cannot disconnect them. You cannot enter into your destiny, into God's calling that God has for you, unless you know who you are in Christ Jesus. The world, the religion, the culture tries to, to make you subscribe to all kinds of false identities. And the truth of God will strip those things, those layers off you so that you would become transparent with God. And it flows out of the true identity of who God is, which is manifested and revealed in Christ Jesus. This is the gospel. That's what we believe. And uh, today we're talking about destiny. And last week Neil started us with this part, destiny. And he said basically that a call to be a Christian is a call to a certain destiny. And this destiny is not hard, it's impossible. It's a call to do something that is totally impossible, that takes resources that you do not have. And do it not only once or twice in your life, but on a regular basis as a lifestyle. So a lot of people, because it sounds overwhelming, they step back, they shrink back. And... I want to continue and I want to tell you something about this part, the, the destiny. 
I'll start with Ephesians 2, 4. Uh, verses from 4 through 10. I'm going to read it and it's going to be ESV translation. But God being rich in mercy, and listen to that carefully, it talks about God's motives. It talks about what was it that, that moved God to do what He has done. But God being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, He made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And He raised us up with Him and seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Listen, there's a purpose. So that in the coming ages He might show the immeasurable riches of His grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus immeasurable riches of His grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace, once again, you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing. It's the gift of God. I'll never, I'll never grow tired of saying that. It's not of your doing. It's a grace. It's a gift of God. Not a result of your works, so that no one may boast. There is nothing you contributed to that. Praise the Lord. Any attempt to contribute to that ruins it. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it feels like Paul switches the gears. And he says, not of your doing, not of your works. Da -da 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 -da. Gift of God, gift of God. And all of a sudden he says this. For we are his workmanship, or in other translation renders it as a masterpiece. It's a Greek word, poema. Your word, English word, poetry comes from it. You're God's poema. So you are his, <clears throat> for we are his master uh, workmanship, created in Christ Jesus versus Adam. We were created in Adam first, but now we are created again. It's a new creation in Christ Jesus for good works gift not of doings not of works you're saved but now you're a new creation created for good works which god <clears throat> prepared beforehand that we should walk in them that's destiny there are good works that god custom made for you that only you can do well. No one else can do them well. You are unique. You know, really, have you noticed that our God is God of abundance and uh, diversity? If you haven't, look around. Look at the creation. Look at yourself. Look around. <laughs> God is a God of abundance and diversity. Why? Because His nature, His grace, His love takes a lot of shapes and forms to manifest and express itself. Religion usually makes people conform to some uniformity. They all dress the same. They all sound the same. They sing the same songs. I'm not going to go there. <laughs> I was tempted to talk about music, but I'm not. See, self-control, fruit of the Spirit. And modesty. <laughs> okay, okay, guys. I'm having fun with you. First Peter 4.10, as each one has received 
a special gift. Listen to that. Each one has received a special gift. Employ it, serving one another as good stewards of the multifaceted or manifold grace of God. 1 Peter 4.10. Listen, it says that each one of you has received special gift. Each one. And they're multifaceted or manifold grace of God that is to be manifested through you. So our God is a God of a purpose. He's a God of intention. He doesn't just throw noodles against the wall and whatever sticks he calls it original design. No. We do that sometimes. He's not like that. So he's got a purpose. So he has got, he, he has a, he, it, the Bible says that he has a counsel of his will devised within the fellowship of his eternal nature. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, when they begin to express he, their will, they said, let us, let us do something. And we're in the middle of this doing right now. You might think that life is just a pile of random un unconnected events. It might sound like that. It might feel like that. It's not. At the end of the day, God is going to have your, His heart's desire fulfilled. Amen. That's for sure. That's determined. That's not going to change. God will have His way. But listen, God has your part in this plan. God has His calling for you to participate in that. And He's going to equip you to do your part. God's outcome is guaranteed. Your participation is not. Dennis, I thought you were a preacher of grace. You're talking about unconditional love of God all the time. Yes, I am. But your salvation, your acceptance, your forgiveness, your redemption, the spirit of sonship, of adoption, it's all unconditional love of God. But this part, the good works that, you're, that God has prepared and you would walk in them, it's really up to you whether it's going to happen or not. This is a big amen from that corner. <clears throat> so I want to talk today about a general condition. That needs to be met before you can discover God's specific calling for your life. And it's a unique new covenant condition, New Testament condition. And it's found in John 15. We, you, you all, if you read the Bible, you all know this place and you know it very well. But let's try to read it today like we've never read it before, okay? So let's read John 15, 1 through 5. And Jesus, and just a little bit of context for you. Jesus is about to depart from his disciples. He's about to go to the cross and actually fulfill what God has called him to do. Fulfill his good work, his destiny. And he says, I'm about to leave you. And here's what you need to know, how you need to leave. And he gives them a huge picture in very general uh, strokes. So let's read it. And he says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. So there's a purpose. There's a design. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Actually, other translations say every branch that don't bear fruit, he lifts them up. He prompts them up. The vine, by nature, cannot grow up by itself. It needs prompting. 
so that's what actually that's what it says so the goal is fruit uh, that is that it may bear more fruit verse 3 already you are clean because the word that I've spoken to you and then he comes abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine neither can you unless you abide in me I am the vine you are the branches whoever abides in me and I in him he it is that bears much fruit for apart from me you can do nothing this should become our like engraved in our hearts this destiny of God is actually here is called as a bear a fruit bearing process we bear fruit listen you got to understand you don't produce fruit you bear fruit there's a big difference you're not called to produce fruit it's not your responsibility you're not the central player in this big picture the central player is the father that's his business that's that's his plan that's a big picture that's what he's doing and the central role is not given to you it's given to Christ he's the vine all that is asked of you to see fruit coming is to stay not even get connected stay you don't even get yourself connected you can't Jesus connected you forever he grafted you but you can stay or not stay so that's an interesting concept the whole passage here is an exhortation it's an urging it's imploring it's encouragement to do something which is to meet certain condition that's why I said destiny is conditional your, your calling of God is well actually I looked you know English is not my native language so I look at definition of words every once in a while I looked at the definition of the word destiny in in most of Americans dictionaries and it actually has a sense of fate it's unavoidable chain of events that are predetermined the outcome you cannot avoid it it just is gonna happen not what we're talking about here whether it's gonna happen or not totally depends on whether you learn to abide or not Thank you Derek I really hope you'll like it <laughs> it's highly conditional it doesn't happen automatically it can either be fulfilled in person's life or not fulfilled I want to I want you to see the urgency of that why is Jesus saying that right before he leaves he basically tells you you guys the presence of any fruit no fruit much fruit or some fruit totally depends on whether you learn to abide in me isn't that urgent it's very urgent so he 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 ascribes a great great importance to this whole concept of abiding so that now the word itself is very interesting abide I mean it's so genius how could you like we're so wired to do stuff to get things done you can never get it done because it, it's it's not something that you check I abide it no it implies continuation it implies a length of time it implies so what does it tell us what I want you to see this next slide I just asked uh, Wes to underscore and highlight 
this scripture where the word abide look look you don't even have to read it. abide in me da, 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 da. unless abides da, 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 da. abide in me next slide I, I'm the vine you're the branches whoever abides in me next slide do, 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 do. we don't have a bite oh you, you forgot to underscore it there's a bite there see abide in my love okay let's go let's go let's go back go back go back don't take it. it's a spoiler don't look at that you didn't see that <laughs> okay I want you to see how often he's it's a short passage and he keeps saying abide 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 that must be important and it is important so what does it tell us why does he use it so so often so many times yes why yes well the thing is if he says it so many times that means it's not naturally in you so if it's left unattended you're not going to abide it's not your, it's, it is not your natural default state so if I put you in Jesus you're gonna sleep right off if I bring you back and put you into Jesus maybe you'll stay a few more seconds longer you you're going to drift away. So that's why he says it takes an effort. It takes a focused effort. It takes a will. It takes a desire. It, it, it takes an effort. Come on, people. To grab yourself and make yourself stay in a place that is not natural for you to stay. You heard me? Good. And I'm, I'm preaching to myself as well. I'm not an exception here. So that's what it is. Our propensity is not to stay but drift away. Just remember that. So it takes an effort, especially in the beginning, to form this new habit of spending time in this place of whatever Jesus describes. We'll get into that later. By the second thing, it's, it's, it's an interesting choice of a word because it indicates that it's not an effort to achieve or create or generate some state of being or a place it's actually it's a call to be there so you don't create this place you don't create this realm it's not a call for you to create this realm where you would then abide no he said I created this abode for you you just need to stay there all right that's important so our responsibility our only responsibility is to stay connected and this is the gospel I want you to to make it clear in your mind and this is something that both Neil and I have been trying to make clear in this church the gospel is not that Jesus has come and made salvation possible for you no the gospel is that Jesus has come before you even knew it and has achieved it single-handedly for you do you hear me Jesus have saved you without without consulting with you first it is not your decision that saves you it is not your decision for Jesus that saves you it's Jesus's decision for you that saved you there's a big difference there we, we won't get much into there but it's oh, all right all right so Jesus Christ has not created a possibility for you to be saved. 
He effectively and single-handedly achieved your salvation, your redemption, your acceptance, your adoption, your sonship. You have been saved by grace. You have been translated. The first, uh, the book of Colossians says, He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of His beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. It's not about drawing near to God. It's about being as close as it is possible. How close is Jesus with the Father? How close is it? He brought you into this closeness. Huh? Yeah. yeah. What about drawing near to God? Yeah, you can draw near to God. But it's in your feelings. It's in your mind. The reality, you can only draw near to God within this union that Christ has brought you into already. And this union when Christ and the Father are one. And he says this oneness is actually something that you will grow into because you are already there. Does this make any sense or it's too much? You're sitting on a new chair. You're sitting in Christ Jesus right now. In the heavenly places. Okay. It seems I'm like getting angry at you. I'm not. Don't, don't worry. So it's not a language of shortening the distance. It's a language of eliminating any distance and staying at the maximum closeness to God as possible. In Him, in Jesus, in Christ is the key word for Paul in his epistles. Anything and everything that you can have in your relationship with God is only available in Jesus. That's why baptism is important. Baptism is like we dunk you into Jesus. And when you take communion, you, you take Jesus within in you. And Father is in the Son, and Son is in the Father, and you show up and you integrate. Dennis, that sounds like a heresy. No, it sounds like the Gospel of John. Read it carefully. Abide. The third, I want to say that abide implies, and I already said that, implies a length of time. We start with short visitation. Some of you may have visited that place of abiding today as we worshiped. We start with short visitations, long intermissions in between. So our goal is to make those visitations longer and those intermissions shorter. And it's a habit that needs to be formed. It's an effort that we apply. I used to come to America. I used to have a dream to visit America one day. And I did. And it was awesome. I took... 36 films, uh, rolls of film, taking picture of, of everything. Squirrels, uh, fire hydrants, uh, cars, random people. I didn't even experience America because I was experiencing through the like. Because I thought this is the only time in my entire life I'll never be able to do it again. So I better take as many pictures and then reminisce the, at home. So then I visited again and again. And then I increased my times of visitations. And I started coming twice a year. And finally I moved here. Hallelujah. Let me tell you, there is a big difference between visiting and staying and living. Now I can visit Russia. <laughs> but I live here. There was a time when I fell in love with my wife and I was visiting her. And I, was, I, I wanted to spend time with her. And she lived in one part of town. I lived in another. So it took me a long time to, uh, you know, travel every day. But I wanted to spend time with her. And I visited with her and I dated with her. 
But the time has come when we got married and we moved in together and we live together and it's a big difference. We live together now. We abide and we have fruit. So you and I, as a Christian, we've been called to move and to settle in this place that Jesus calls me, where the oneness of the Son and the Father is amazingly undisrupted, when the fellowship of the Holy Spirit flows continually, when angels dance and sing together with you on a regular basis. And you get to visit first. You get to visit first and experience a little bit of that. And then you acquire a taste and you want more. And God says, yes, come, come, come on, come on. So you come and visit again and you come and you begin to hang out there on a regular basis. So the goal is to move there, to start living there. It becomes a lifestyle. The Old Testament, there's a big problem in Christianity today. They mix Old Testament culture and mentality with a New Testament, New Covenant culture and mentality. And Old Testament culture and mentality is visitation. <clears throat> New Testament is habitation. <clears throat> so we need to move from visitation mentality to habitation mentality. <sighs> and you would say, Dennis, it, it sounds a little bit ethereal and poetic. Abide in me and I in you. Can you be more practical? Let's ask Jesus. Jesus, can you be more practical? Because people say it's too ethereal and poetic. Jesus says, yes. Look further. Verse 8. Uh, John 15, verse 8. Uh, verse 9, sorry. Verse 9. Come on, find it. Media people, I believe in you. Oh, no problem. I'll read it to you. I'll have to trust that that's what it sounds like when you read it. John 15, and I'll give you a little context, uh, verse 8 first and then verse 9. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so prove to be my disciples. Listen to that. That's the key. Jesus says, as the Father has loved me, so, I, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. Yeah. Jesus said... I abide in my Father's love. My Father really, 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 really loves me. And I know it. Nobody can convince me otherwise. I live by this love. I abide in this love. And listen to that. The same love that my Father loves me, I extend to you. I love you with the same love. With the same love. Now your responsibility, abide in this love. Abide in this love stay and just like we said before it's not our propensity to stay there we sleep right off we drift right away so it takes an effort to bring ourselves back and to make at least those few visitations during the day and maybe lengthen them in time and maybe you know gradually move there that's you that's your goal and my goal if you want to step and enter into what we call a destiny of God there is no fruit. Remember, there is no fruit if you don't abide in the love of Jesus. Guaranteed. He himself said that. <clears throat> there is some fruit if you somewhat abide in him. Sometimes spend time with him. There is much fruit if you learn to live there in this place of total acceptance. Total love. I love that song that we sang today. How does it go? Like check your shame at the door. 
you can't smuggle anything like that into that place. Oh, too, too soft, right? You can, couldn't hear it. You can't smuggle anything like your shame, your guilt, your offense, your self-pity party in this place. There's, it just it doesn't go there. It's like TSA at the airport. They like go and they take all the metal from you. So that's the same thing. If you want to visit, even visit, not to let alone stay there, you have to check all those things out. Basically, you have two options. You can abide in yourself or abide in Jesus. And let me tell you something. My experience tells me that abiding in yourself is not a good thing. Usually, you're bounced between those corners of... Uh, Self-exaltation, then self-deprecation, then self-congratulation because you've done something nice. And then self, uh, I don't know, uh, pity party, self-pity, right? That's, a, that's from the bottom of hell. And then you get obsessed about, about something that you don't have and you want to have. And then you get fixated on what people have to say about you. And in the middle of that, you take nice breaks in huge uh, feet of ADD. You're just like going through Facebook. Do you like this life? That's the opposite of God's destiny. So no fruit there and will never be. So, okay. <laughs> so the passion, I'll read the Passion Translation in verse 9. I love each of you with the same love that the Father loves me. You must continually let my love nourish your hearts. I'll read it again for you. I love each one of you with the same love that the Father loves me. You must continually let my love nourish your heart. That's the only thing that will grow your heart strong and big and able to see what God wants to do through you and to help you step into it. So my main point is this. The only way to enter into God's destiny and start walking in it is to learn to abide in the love of the Father to His Son that is extended to you. I'll say it again. My main point, the only way to enter into God's destiny and start walking into it, to enter into God's calling and begin to bear real fruit, infuse other people around you with the presence of God, tangible way, <clears throat> is to learn to abide in the love of the Father. You would say, Dennis, that's nice. How about practically? Like, are you going to tell us what to do? Do you want me to? Okay, I will. So I want you to understand. I, I know that everything, every topic that you can talk about, it always boils down to the question of how. Know how, right? So I want you to understand, if we come to the practical side of it, that it's a matter of your mind and your attention. That's why people with ADD should be healed from their ADD, at least in the matter of abiding in the Lord. Because if, if you don't learn to give a little bit of your attention to the reality of the love of God, you will have a hard time bearing fruit. That's why some of you need to fast from Facebook. Just delete it for a week from your phone. Just delete it for a week from your phone. Just delete the application. If there's no app, you can't actually look it up. You can't scroll through it. Just to fast for a week. Stay away for a week. See what it does to you. 
If you keep reading about this political news or COVID-19 news or whatever, take a break. Because you make it a place of abode. That's where you abide. Isn't that practical, what I'm saying now? Yeah. So it's a matter of your mind and your attention. So you need to learn to discipline your mind. To direct it to the grace of Christ. And to redirect it every time it begins to slip back to self-absorption. That is the opposite, you know, I, I told you, the opposite of living in yourself. It takes time and it takes focus effort. And listen, I'm, I'm going to make you responsible today. Nobody can do it for you. Nobody can teach you how to abide in the Lord. The only person who can effectively do it is yourself. It takes time and focused effort, as I said. My main practical application point for you is this. You need to learn to meditate on God's goodness, His loving kindness, and do it regularly. If it's not part of your daily or weekly routine, you're in trouble. You need to feed your little feeble heart with the goodness of God. And you are the only nurse that can do that. David is a great example. He knew the secret. Have you noticed, have you read the Psalms of David? How many of you have read the Psalms of David? When you read the Psalms of David, sometimes you see David doing a strange thing. He talks to himself. He talks to his soul. He says, hey soul, why are you cast down? Why are you depressed? Sign of mental disturbance? Actually, it's a sign of recovery. Talking to yourself is a good thing very often if you, if you talk the right things. David says, hey, my soul, I see that you're going down. You're getting depressed. You're going to this self-pity party. You're feeling offended by soul. Hey, soul, let me tell you something. And just give you an example. Psalm 103. And that's what he tells to his soul. He begins to preach. Hey, listen to me. You, I'm going to tell you the best preacher that can give you the best messages on God's grace and kindness that will lift you up. Remind me your name, brother. Yeah. Alan. I'm going to tell Alan who's the best ever preacher of God's grace. Alan, it's Dennis Kozlov. No. <laughs> no. Alan, it's Alan. It's Alan. Lyndon, it's Lyndon. The best preacher of God's kindness, goodness, and grace for Neil is Neil Haney. James, you got to listen to this dude, James. He's an awesome preacher of God's grace and mercy. Every time he begins to preach, you feel like... And you start crying and your heart's melting. Rob McPherson is the best preacher of God's grace to Rob McPherson. Listen to David. Psalm 103. David is talking to himself again. He says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. He, the Lord, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with His steadfast love and mercy, tender mercy, who satisfied you with good so that your youth is renewed like eagles. Isn't that a great sermon? That David delivered to one person audience, David himself. Dude, I'm telling you, you have to learn to preach those short, 
It's, it's like jump-starting your car that the battery is dead. You got to jump-start it and move it into this place that we call abode of God's love. You wake up in the morning and even three cups of coffee didn't help you to really wake up to the reality of God's goodness. You need to force yourself, grab yourself and just redirect yourself and say, hey, hey, wake up soul. Look at the goodness of God. Christ Jesus, He died for you, for me. Yes, for you. Your sins are forgiven. My sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. Holy Spirit is being poured out into your heart. Holy Spirit is being poured out of our Yes, yes, amen, 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 amen. Hallelujah. And you, 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 <laughs> you wake up. And if you begin to learn to live like that, you become a revival. You wake up yourself up and you wake up other people. I, I prophesied to this guy, David, who came to us last time. I said, God is calling you to be divine disruptor. He's going to intruder. He's intruder. He's going to intrude the darkness. He's going to disrupt the works of the darkness by doing the works of God. By bringing the light. By bringing the truth into the thick darkness. So please, okay, I, I finished. I, I can continue forever, but let me wrap it up. I'll just tell you guys, yes, I know you don't have to send me Facebook messages about how dark it is out there. I know. But please don't help me to dwell in this darkness. I choose to dwell in a different realm and operate out of the different realm. And the secret of this realm is the love of God in Christ Jesus. Yes, I sound like a broken record, and I will always be. You'll have to kick me out of this church so that I would stop preaching the gospel of the goodness of God. Because this is the only thing that will heal you. All right? And I, today I make you responsible to do it. I take communion every day. I have a little wine and little crackers. And just in the middle of the day, I just can grab a cracker, pour a little wine, and say, Lord... Thank you for your blood. And I just do the same thing that David did. I just remind, I just jumpstart my car. I just jumpstart myself and bring myself into the place of the goodness of God. I felt really flat this morning. I wasn't sure I have a message for you. But I demonstrated to you now what you can do to yourself when you feel flat. And we worship today and we heard the truth today. Please don't make it the only visitation in this week, all right? Thank you, guys. I'm done. Thank you. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more information about our church, visit vineyardnorthridge.org or find us on social media at Vineyard Northridge.